Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. Ready? One, two, three. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I thank you, Lord, for your Word. Lord, let this confession not just be something we do, but something we believe. I believe that your word has power. It's alive. It's breathing. Lord, as we share it this morning, it will change our lives. It will transform our minds. Lord, it will cause us to be different than than when we came in. I pray, Father, that this seed of your word would fall on our hearts and bear fruit, Father, that we would be not just hearers of your word, but also doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So, bitter or better number two. So today is Choose Joy. If you haven't picked that up from the videos uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about choosing joy. And uh, I want to start with reading Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 12. And as we head into the, we're already kind of in the Christmas season, but uh, I wanted to uh, finish this series this week. And next week, uh, we're going to do uh, a perfect birth into the imperfect world. And I encourage you to be here and invite someone. You're going to hear the Christmas message in a way that you may not have ever heard before. Uh, I, I'm not a scientific kind of guy, I'm, uh, but I do read some books on uh, nursing uh, books that are used in, uh, in teaching and in universities and uh, to prove some things uh, about uh, the birth of Jesus and how miraculous that is. I'll just give you a little nugget, you know, that uh, God came to the earth and we think about this little baby, you know, he was already present in the presence of God. There was, Trinity was already there before Jesus, right? We created them in our image, right? Jesus is the incarnate God on earth. And when he came into flesh, think about this for a minute. You couldn't understand it, but you could try and be understanding. The fact that God, a divine person, without flesh and blood, right, all the power living up there at the right hand of the Father in heaven, came down to earth in the form of a human being, a baby in flesh and blood, limited to flesh and blood. We say, oh, he, he, you know, the greatest sacrifice was at the cross. I think his sacrifice began the day he was uh, birthed, right? The day that he was conceived even, uh, because at that point he was handed over to man to care for. I don't know if you remember, but I remember having our first child, and we looked at her and we said, oh, I hope we don't mess this up, man, you know? At least I did. I'm looking at her going, this thing is so fragile, right? So uh, we got to feed it right. We got to make sure at night you're getting up and you're looking to make sure, you know, layer upside up and upside down and left side, right side, they change it. Every year they change how you're supposed to lay your baby, you know, 
They, don't, they got to come up with something new now because maybe we can get them to sleep standing up. But um, I don't know what else they're going to come up with. They keep changing it. But our first one was like, you know, we're, and then the second one we were a little, and the third one was like, ah, we already did this once before, right? Seen that commercial where the kid goes, Mom, I hurt my knee. I'm bleeding. She goes, get a bandage. She says, I'm bleeding a lot. Get two. So she's sitting on her couch drinking a glass of wine, and the kid's outside bleeding. It's not a good commercial. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say this. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, look intently. I bring you good tidings of great, what? Joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day. What is born to us this day? Great tidings of, great, of joy, right? Good tidings of great joy is born to us this day. In the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The Christmas story, right? We, some churches, we, uh, I think it's Volusia Baptist, does the, the journey through Christmas, and you can drive through there. It's pretty incredible what they do. And you see the baby, the baby, the baby. But that day when, when that baby was born, it says here, good tidings of great joy was born that day. Joy was born that day. And I said it last week, we want God to give us these things. But if we're not in relation with God, then we don't have those things because you cannot have those things outside of Jesus. See, Jesus is. They said, when, when God says, I am the I am, that means that outside of him, these things are not available. You know, we have people that are, are atheists or they don't believe in God or they don't have a relationship with God and they want to come up with their own morals and their own type of integrity and, and, and you can't do that because man will flaw it every time. We, if we come up with our own morals, imagine, it's to our benefit. But with God, it's different. With God in your life and obeying this word here or attempting to, then we have a relationship with the one that is the I am, the joy, the hope, the peace, the love, the provision, the healing, all those things that we go to God for and we ask for. That's why they say faith says you already have them. And I know we preach it, I preach it, and we say, you know, we go to God and we have to go to God in faith. And, you know, if we turn that around and said, you already have it. I, I love using that analogy in, uh, uh, during Christmas. You know, you have all these gifts under the tree and they're wrapped. And there's a gift there, right? You say, oh, I got the gift. And, and you know, we do, uh, you know, it's called Secret Santa. I know he's a pagan man and we shouldn't be talking about Santa in the church. And, you know, but you'll be okay. So... Um, we do a thing called Secret Santa, so we don't have to, because our adult children got married, and then we have other adults, and then we have family members, and we have moms and dads, and, and if you bought an adult gift for everybody, you'd go broke. And then, you know, January, you start the new year uh, in debt, and I don't, I'm not doing that. So we have done this thing where you go, and there's an app for it. <laughs> there's an app for that. So we went, and we created this thing, and then you hit the button, 
and it gives you a name, and then you get that person, and then that person goes in, and they put in several different gifts that they would like to have, and then you choose the one. You could put a limit on it. It tells you, you know, I think our limit was like $50 or something. You put a limit on it, and then you purchase that gift for that one person. And then we purchase toys for the, for the grandkids, of course. So, you know, those we, we take care of. But uh, the adults, I only, I only buy one gift. And so and on, on Christmas morning, they said, oh, we wanted to get this one. Anyway, I said, listen, we had a deal. I'm following the deal. I'm only buying one gift. And I buy my wife a gift, too. If, you know, don't tell her I didn't get her, but I didn't get her. So I'm going to buy her a gift also. Uh, she's not my secret Santa. But anyway, <laughs> so I got, her, I got her something. But we do that uh, uh, so they already know what's under the tree. So now you know there's a gift. See, God, when he died, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he gave us something. By his stripes, we are already healed, right? He gave us provision. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, right? He did so much on that cross that happened. Those are gifts that are already under the tree. It's not something you're asking for. It's not something that needs to be delivered. It's not going to come in this blue truck with a a big check mark on it, right? It's not going to show up like that. It's already there. What God's asking us to do is to use our faith, go to the tree, take the gift, unwrap the gift, and use it accordingly. Right? So these things have already been provided because of what happened there. But he would have never made it to the cross without having been born first. You want to know more about him being born? Join us next week. So the angel here was preaching about this coming joy. Not just joy, but great joy. Jesus was uh, born our Savior. He came to save us from the curse of the law. He came to save us from the world. He came to save us from sin, sin and death. And he came to save us from hell. We have such a, uh, uh, and I, I'm, I'm really, I'm changing, no, I shouldn't say changing. I'm adjusting a lot of the little belief systems that I've created over the years from Uh, listening to other preachers or coming up with, you know, coming out of certain religions and things like that. And I'm starting to realize, reading through the book of Acts, as we're doing on Wednesday night, you're welcome to join us, uh, going through the book of Acts, I'm realizing that the message is more important than anything. And the message is a message of love. It's a message that Jesus died on the cross for you. He loves you. He redeemed you. He forgave you. As in past tense, it's a done deal. But what do we do? We want to change this and change that. I got to do this. I, I can't go. You invite somebody to the church. Oh, no, I got a few things I got to take care of before I show up to church. Well, you should see the motley crew we got at church. That's what I tell them. That's you guys. You should see the people we got in our church. You'd feel right at home. Now, we don't want you to stay that way. God doesn't want you to stay that way. But it's only under the word and being under the word that those things come to pass. See, God does expect us to change things in our lives and be holy for I am holy. Those are great expectations of God, but he doesn't tell us to do those things without giving us the power to do so. And you hear that power and you receive that power, right, when you're you're here. So he not only redeemed us, another one, he redeemed us and saved us from hell. You know, this message of you're going to go to hell, those evangelists with the real long fingers and it always looks like they're pointing at you. (laughs) right you're going to hell if you do that god's gonna send you to hell that is that is from hell (laughs) that message right hell is not a place that god sends you for doing something wrong because why would he have paid the price for all your wrongdoings 
And then turn around and say, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, hell is a place that you go to to pay for your own sins. If I, received the, if I received Jesus on the cross as my Lord and Savior, he forgave me of my sins. And if I live in a life of repentance, I'm going to constantly be in righteousness, which is right standing with God, because I have received the forgiver. I have received the one who has the power to forgive sin. But then we, what, do we, what do we say? Well, if you keep living like that, you're going to go to hell. It's not my call. Thank God it's not my call. It's not our call. Who decides that? Right? And he gave us the open door, which is repentance. Receive me, and I'll I'll, I'll save you from these things. Right? And if you don't want me, then you're going to have to pay for your own sin, because I already paid. And I prepared a place, because it does say that that was a place he made. Can't get away from the word, right? That is a place he made. Why? Because he says, I'm going to provide something for you. I think that he made one side so dark so we would choose the light. And people still want to live in the darkness. You know, cabeza duro, cabeza coco, coconut head. It's just a, a Spanish thing, like hard-headed, right? But he also not only came to save us from, he also came to give us joy, peace, love, healing, deliverance, wholeness, fullness, and prosperity in who he is. Last week I spoke about the holidays and how you know we head into these holidays. Some of us are alone, divorced, maybe lost a loved one. Maybe this is the first holidays that you're having uh, without a loved one. You know, uh, uh, in November, right before Thanksgiving, or right before or after Thanksgiving, uh, my dad passed last year. It's been a year, and uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I cried. I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we didn't have a big to do about you know. Uh, 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 the service or anything like that, but I thought about it this year, and I and I, I really I broke down. You know, the soul is a funny thing, <laughs> right? And uh, I broke down, and I and I I managed to grieve for a little bit. Uh, you know, during these holidays, Sunday afternoons, I, I used to Facetime them every Sunday afternoon, and sometimes I grab my phone to, to Facetime them. And uh, the other day. <laughs> Uh, if you guys remember, Chris Salamone, he used to come here with his wife, and uh, he passed. He moved to Alabama, and, and uh, he passed in his sleep uh, last year also. We went to Alabama for the, uh, for the, the service there. Um, the other day, I was going to call him. And I, you know, because he, he was at, he was my age. He was not, not, I think he was younger than me or just older than me, right around my age. And I was like, oh, I'm going to call, oh, I can't call Chris. Right? So I just started taking notes. So when I get up there, I'll talk to him. Because <laughs> I know where he's at. I know where I'm going and I know where he's at, right? So it is easy to fall into depression, but today, today, everybody say today. Today, joy will be born into your lives. And not just any joy, but great joy. <laughs> right? Not any joy. See, it doesn't say, oh, God, oh, joy is born today. No, he says, great joy. Right? Great joy. Acts 20, 24. We used this last week. New King James says, But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace 
of God. We were Wednesday, we were talking about uh, uh, Paul and how he was being persecuted and he was in house arrest for a couple of years because of the message that he brought and they were lying about him and about him talking against the law, which he wasn't doing. And uh, we're learning so much back there on Wednesdays. And, uh, and then, you know, he, they threatened to kill him. And he says, that would be fine. If that's what you need to do, go ahead. But I would like to stand in the court before Caesar. Like he went to the Supreme Court, right? I want to stand in the court before Caesar so that I can plead my case. But if you decide that I must die today, then so be it. What a way of thinking, right? He, all his uh, life after the road to Damascus experience was delivering a message. And that's all he wanted to do. And he was willing to give his life to deliver that message. And he was full of joy. The whole time he was full of joy. You're going to see that in just a minute. Paul was not just determined to finish the course, but to finish with joy. It's joy that keeps the course from finishing you. <laughs> the word joy means to be glad, filled with gladness, to be well, and to thrive. Maybe you want to thrive, right? I'm tired of walking around being beat up and carrying the burden of this and that and the other thing, right? I want to thrive. Right? We have a, a <laughs> we, it, it, every time I say that, I think about this weed that's growing in our home. You've seen that commercial with the weed that comes into the house? And it, if you know, if you leave a weed alone, man, this thing is like, and it grew into like a tree. It was a weed, and it grew, in, if you know, if you leave a weed alone, some of them will grow into trees. They have trunks like that and everything. Well, this thing grew next to our house, and, you know, it was starting to, to grow under our foundation. You know what happens there. So we're like, we got to kill this thing. So years ago, I cut the whole thing down to the trunk, and I poured stuff on it. I'm being filmed, so I can't say I could get in trouble. So I poured stuff on it to kill this thing, right, so that it wouldn't come back. And then it's on the side of the house that we never go, we never really see. You know, we, we park on the other side of the house, we enter the house on the So we never really see that side. And, you know, a few months go, go by, and there, these little things are growing out of it again. A year goes by. And there's a tree there, thriving. Like, this thing won't go down. So then Margie's family comes in September. Her brother that lives up in the woods in the Atlantic forest of Brazil, he's a biologist. And I tell him, I want to kill that thing. And he goes, oh, no problem. So he starts chopping and doing this and doing the other, right? And he gets halfway through it, and then he goes back to Brazil. And uh, my mother-in-law, uh, they, <laughs> I, I get a box in the mail from Amazon. I, it's kind of heavy. I open it, and it's an axe. I didn't realize you can, you can buy this axe online, you know? So she's all happy. She's taking it back to Brazil with her, this axe. So they went out there with the axe, and they chopped this thing down to nothing. And then I had some ground clear. How many of you know what ground clear is? Uh, I've used it before when we had an above ground pool. Um, I won't say that. So we had an above ground pool and we, I had to spray that so weeds and stuff don't grow underneath the pool and, and bust a hole in it or whatever. So I had some from years ago and I went out there and I poured it. We chopped it all up and poured it on everything and I'm hoping that it'll kill it. And, but this thing continues to come back and thrive. See, no matter how much we beat it up, no matter how many chemicals we put into it, no matter what, this thing comes back. That's how joy should be in our life. No matter what's happening, no matter... If you can have a bad... I'm not saying that you should be... Ha, ha, woo-hoo, ah, all the time. I'm not saying that. There are days where 
It's gloom and doom. I get that. But it says here that joy thrives. That means that no matter how dark it is, no matter what you're going through, no matter how sad you are, how depressed, how anxious, no matter what it is that you're going through, eventually joy is going to sprout again. It's going to thrive because that's what it says. But what happens is that you have to choose for it to thrive. It's a choice that we make. Life's going to give you many opportunities to become bitter and lose your joy. Last week we used James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when, not if, when you fall into various trials. Sorry, it's what it says. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Count it all joy. And it doesn't say when things are good. It says when, you're, when you fall into various trials. I said last week, are you finishing your course with joy or is your course finishing you? Nehemiah, a very familiar scripture. We always quote the last part of this, uh, chapter 8, verse 10. It says, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet uh, drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. He didn't say, you know, uh, 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 the weapons of your warfare are your strength. Should we have those? Absolutely. Right? It didn't say, it said joy. Is, it almost seems like joy and strength is like jumbo shrimp. It's an oxymoron, right? It doesn't fit together. Strength no pain, no gain, right? We think strength. If, you don't, if you're not causing pain, then you're not gaining anything. That's not how joy works, right? The joy of the Lord is your strength. So joy comes. Joy comes knowing God has a plan for my life. Psalm 16, 5 through 11. See, God has a plan for your life. And the minute you quit believing that and you try to live your own plan because you think it's better than God's, you will end up at a dead end. It's God's plan that goes forward. It's God's plan that leads you into this type of joy. Psalm 16, 5 through 11, New International Version says, Lord, you alone, you alone are my portion and my cup, and you make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord, always on the Lord, always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is what? Glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. You need rest, not sleeping well at night? <laughs> Try laughing in the face of the enemy. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. 
Do you know who wrote this? It's a psalm. David, right? Can we all agree with that? Do you know that David was one of the most depressed, anxious people that couldn't sleep? If you read through the psalms, half of the, every psalm of the first, you know, he'll, he'll whine, he'll, yeah, whine, yeah, whine and groan and all that at the beginning and then at the end, right? He could go 30 verses crying and complaining and then in three verses he picks himself up by his bootstraps, right? He, he, takes, himself, he takes himself to a whole other place in three verses because he remembers he tells you, I'm in the midst of this. It's dark. My pillow is soaked with my tears. Those are words from David. Yet joy comes in the morning. Right? Why? Because he chooses it. He chooses it. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, <laughs> declares the Lord. Take this right now, today. This is not from thousands of years ago. God is speaking to you right now. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, and plans to give you hope and a future. And the only one that could change those plans is you. You could change God's plans by choosing not to follow God. You could do that. It's a choice. But I choose joy. I choose God's plans. And sometimes it's not always what we think. It's not always roses. Because even roses have thorns. Joy comes knowing that God will work it out. No matter what you're going through, trust him. He's going to work it out. You know why I know that? Because he paid the price to, and he glorifies himself in the midst of these things. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, work good, all things God works for good, those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Kind of a prerequisite there, isn't there? 1 Peter 1, 7 through 9, New Living Translation. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him, even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice, you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. It's one of those joys that makes you look like you should be in a funny farm. Why are you smiling in the midst? Do you not know what happened? Why are you? You're laughing? He's cuckoo. There's something wrong with that one. No. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Joy comes when I choose it. Joy comes when I choose it. Joy is a choice. Many of the scriptures that have to do with joy start with trials and trouble. Joy is not determined by your circumstances. It is determined by your choice. If you are waiting for your circumstances to change, to express joy, you're going to be unhappy 
a lot. But if you introduce joy into your circumstances, remember last week, Mara said, this water is bitter. Introduce Jesus Christ. Introduce the tree. You introduce the tree and the water becomes sweet. Remember James chapter 1, verse 2? We just said it a few minutes ago. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Philippians 4, 4. I love this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. I go back to the writer of this. Here's Paul sitting in prison. Send me a cake with a file in it. No, he doesn't. Get me out of here. Come rescue me. Gather a whole bunch of people. Come get me out of here. I'm dying here. Why don't you guys care about me? He doesn't say that. He says, rejoice. You guys rejoice. Don't worry. Joy is a choice. And it's easier to choose joy from an eternal perspective. Paul knew that all of this would be over when he went to spend eternity in heaven. He was looking from heaven down instead of from here up, right? He knew that what was happening to him was for the good of the kingdom. Look at this, Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. What a perspective. Listen, don't worry. Every eight hours they change the guard, and he's got to stand here in front of my cell, and he's got to listen to me. He doesn't have ear pods, and he doesn't, he's got to listen to me. He stand, every eight hours, I get a new one. I get to preach the message of the gospel to a new guy every eight hours. He was rejoicing. He was rejoicing at that. We cannot choose all things we face in life, but we can choose how we see them. Yeah. Choose joy by looking beyond what happens. Yeah. He was looking beyond that. So how does this look like from heaven? Choose to find new opportunities. Choose to find new opportunities. Philippians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, it says, For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. Think, I'm going to read the next one in a minute, but think about that. Everyone here knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. So if I react... If I get mad and I cuss everybody out, and if I kick and scream and make them, you got to release me, and if I, right, and if, if I do all that, I'm in change because of Christ, what kind of testimony am I going to be to those who have incarcerated me? <laughs> Lord, help us. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. So now he's not alone anymore because he was introduced with joy into that prison. He's affected those near him, and those people are now projecting that joy of the Christ that's in them, and the whole place is changing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm in, I'm in jail for the sake of the Lord. Oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. That's, that wasn't their reaction or his reaction at all. See, we can choose during the holiday season to be kind to others, 
in the store, in the parking lots. Help me, Jesus. Thank you for Amazon, Lord. <laughs> I'm already done. So I, I got online one afternoon for about an hour, and I was finished. You can thank your cashier and smile at them. Tell them that they're doing a great job. Yeah. Most of them are not very happy right now, if you haven't noticed. There are opportunities to, to not only choose joy, but to reflect it also. It is up to you to do that with others. Paul chose to preach the gospel to the palace guards. He chose to bring a message of hope and joy from a prison cell. See, it didn't matter where he was or what he was going through. He chose joy. If Paul can do this from the prison, we could definitely do it from our freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Choose to focus on what really matters. Choose to focus on what really matters. Philippians chapter 1, I'm going to continue there in verse 15 through 18. It is true. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. <laughs> he keeps reiterating something, doesn't he? The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does this matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. Doesn't matter. All that matters is Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. I think the only thing that would keep him from rejoicing would be if they took his tongue or something, right? Where he couldn't say or, or preach the message. Even then, he would probably find a way to reflect God's glory somehow. I don't know about you, but as I read these and I was preparing this message, I had some conviction come upon me like, man, I don't think that way enough. I don't sacrifice enough of my life for the sake of the message or the gospel. Here Paul's in prison for the sake of the gospel, still preaching the gospel. Instead of saying, look, I preached the gospel, I got in prison, I guess it didn't work out. Threw his hands up in the air and said, how long do I have to be here? Or how can I get out of here? How about if I just uh, 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 tell you that I'm not going to preach the gospel anymore? He never did that. He continued to do. He continued to do. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Psalm 16, 11, You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore you will show me the path of life see we got to choose am i going to choose my path or i'm going to choose i want him to show me you show me lord i'm doing that more and more not just with my life but with the ministry lord i need discernment i need you to show me we have a lot of opportunity for a lot of different things we have we have we have we have, we have noticed that there is a necessity in the church for certain groups of people we have we have brought those things to the surface, and we could come up with programs. I can go on YouTube right now, man, and find oh, seven steps to do this and ten steps to do that and how are you going to better this and how are you going to better that. 
But that's all great. I educate myself with that because there's practical information there that I need to get, right? But if God says you're not doing that, then we're not doing that. I don't care how smart it looks or how, right? But how do we do that? By choosing to hear God and to do what he says. And to do it, not just do it, but do it with joy. Do it with joy. Psalms 118.24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I like changing that and say, I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. See, it doesn't say this is the week. This is the year. 2024, this is the year that the Lord has made. Well, what happened last year? He didn't make that one? This is the day. Because every day is new. His mercies are new every day. Why does he say day? Because you got to choose joy every day. Every day. I am not a morning person. This is very difficult for me. Now, you know, 11 o'clock at night, my <coughs> 9, 10 o'clock at night, my brain comes on. When we took, I took college classes, I took them all at night. I was just better at night. I don't know why my brain works that way. And I've tried. I've tried to make the switch, uh, uh, you know, because my wife's a morning person. (laughs) How many morning people do we have? (laughs) I won't say anything else about that then. I choose joy. When you're not a morning person and someone gets up and says, it's time to get, the sun's up, woohoo, yeah, it's morning, it's morning, let me get you a coffee, and you're like, leave me, I need about an hour, I need about three cups of Cuban coffee, and then I'll be, you know, then I'll kind of get, but at 10, 9, 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, yeah, let's go, and she's like ready to go to bed. Why does God do that? So most of you, I'd say 75% of you are morning people, so it's easier to choose joy. But what happens after you choose joy in the morning? The day starts to go by, and things don't go as, as expected, right? You catch the worm in the morning, but then there's no worms later on. Things don't go as expected. You got to still choose joy. John 15, 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Now, I, I wrote here, I want to go to, uh, it's not going to be in your notes or on the screen behind me, but John 15, we're going to start in verse uh, 9. So if you have a Bible, I don't have to bring a Bible, but Pastor Rick gives me notes and puts it on the thing, and well, now you need one. So uh, you can use your phone, John 15, Starting in verse 9. I got to learn to stop here because people, I can hear pages turning. John 15, verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain, my joy may remain in you. And that your joy may be full. These things, what things? 
As my Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide, abide in my love. If you keep my command, keep my keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And I have kept my Father's commandments, kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. These things, what what I just read, and repeated, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another. What commandment is going to keep me with joy? That you love one another. As I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. That almost doesn't sound friendly, does it? Only he could say that and get away with it. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. There's a message right there. You did not choose me. I chose you, appointed you that you should <coughs> go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. <clears throat> I have told you these things that you will be filled with my joy there's a direct correlation with following his commandments loving one another loving God as he loves you your joy will overflow before I read this last scripture, I'd like everyone to stand, if you may, if you're able. Psalm 71, 23. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you. I, whom you have delivered. Listen, you could get saved 20 years ago and go through all kinds of stuff. But God could still say, I delivered you. But what we do is we get caught up in the circumstance and we want to say, what happened, God? You abandoned me. No, he didn't. Did he not deliver you? Did you not forget? That's what communion is for. On the 31st, uh, New Year's Eve, we're going to have communion. To what? To remember what he did. To remember his body. Did he not deliver us? Absolutely. That's why I choose to rejoice, because I have a heavenly perspective. I can look from up, up there and say, wow, and he has a plan for you, and his plan is good. It's full of hope and full of joy. He has a plan. Well, I'm not in the midst of that right now. Well, choose joy. Choose to follow his plan. His plan is not, it's not perfect in our eyes. It's only perfect in his eyes. Why? Because he knows the end from the beginning. We don't. We have to trust. I was talking to somebody the other day uh, about how interesting God is when he calls his people into ministry. Here's Abraham, rich. God, I don't know how many wives and, you know, just servants and all that. And God says, I need you to leave all that, set up a tent in the desert. He says, I'm going to follow God. Sets up a tent in the desert, says, okay, here I am. What's next? Nothing. Just hang out. (laughs) Wait a minute. I just left everything to follow you you just sit there relax in your tent 
Where was he before? In a comfortable bed, people bringing him food, servants, right? 100-inch TV, just hanging out, just doing whatever, having a good time. And now he's in the middle of a desert in a, in a tent, probably sleeping on the ground. But I'll do it, Lord, because you said so. But what's next? Now you just sit there. Just be quiet. And what happened? He came out of there, and God chose him to be the father of many nations. He made covenant. He made covenant with Abraham as he made with us. But man, could we have lost it? I think I don't know how long I'd last in that tent. I mean, I've been camping before after two or three days. If you're really camping, you're ripe. I need soap and, and shampoo and deodorant, and right? A couple of days, we would have we probably, and especially if you have somewhere to go back to. You think Abraham could have gone back? I believe he could have. He could have said, you brought me out here to wait? Abraham could have said, do you know who I am? Sounds funny, right? But he could have. God would have laughed at him. But he could have. Do you know I'm Abraham? you know who I am? You're going to make me sit out here in the... Obedience. And then God gives him what he wants and he rejoices. And then God says, Well, now you're gonna have to give me back what I gave you. Because I don't want that to become number one in your heart. Only I can take that place. And only because he was willing did God rescue him. Because he was willing. Sometimes you just have to be willing and not ever even step into that part of your life. Just be willing in your heart. That's happened to me. Where the Lord said something, I said, oh, man. I'm going to be obedient, but willing is really hard. Right? You got to be willing and obedient. I, I can be obedient, but, man, sometimes willing to do that is it's difficult. This is hard on me. But you do it. And then you're in your uh, 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 going there, on your way there, on your way to be obedient, on your way to be willing... God rescues you and says, it's okay. You don't have to do that. He's not playing games. He wants our heart. He wants our heart. Why? Because he already delivered us. That's, that's enough to rejoice every day of your life, even if today was the last one. <laughs> right? Where do I get to go to next? Y'all can cry. Y'all can do whatever you want. I'm not going to be crying. <laughs> right? Y'all can miss me, and I hope you will, but I'm not going to be, right? Woohoo! Right? That's why I'm so joyful, because if I'm here today, where am I going to be tomorrow? If I'm still here, then where am I going to be the next day? If I'm still here, where am I going to be 10 years from now? Don't worry. I got work to do. I got great grandkids to see. Right? I'm going to live a long life. It's in... It's, a, it's the generational blessing in my family. But I rejoice anyway. What if life's not so good? 
<laughs> oh man, I choose joy. <laughs> Ooh, you're crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty crazy. <laughs> I was crazy before I was saved, now I'm saved, and I'm crazy still. <laughs> I choose joy. This season, choose joy. It's contagious. It's contagious. My wife shared here one time. She's been watching this, this uh, uh, Christian therapist guy. I don't know what he does, but uh, he's been teaching how smiling, right? Smiling. What was it? Smiling. And when you're anxious, uh, you smile and everything goes away because of the action of, the, of your face. It causes the rest of your body to... It, your brain says, they're smiling. They got to be happy. Your brain responds... Oh, wow. Listen, we are responding to what our feelings are. We need to, we need to make our feelings respond to us. Yes. Right? Yes. That's what we need. I feel this way. Well, I'm going to choose joy today. Yes. Things aren't going so well. Ha yes. <laughs> ha! Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My football team got beat up real bad by San Francisco, but woohoo! <laughs> I was trying to find where in my sermon I could take a shot at Carmelo, and that's where it was, right there. <laughs> Choose joy for the rest of this year and into the next. You know that January 1st, I, told, I said this last week, January 1st, things aren't all going to be brand new. You're still going to have everything that's still in your life right now. How you respond to that is what's going to make the difference. Right? Let's respond with joy. It not only affects your life, it affects the lives of those around you. When you go out and, you know, the other day I was at Publix and I'm trying to pull in and people are, you know how people are now, they, they want to, uh, I, I just park really far away and walk. Sometimes you see people going around and around and around and around. And I park far away. I go in and I come out and they're just parking. I'm like, he could have parked back there by me and already been inside the, the store. And they get out and they're in their workout clothes and they're in great shape. And, you know, I'm there with my belly walking through the parking lot. <laughs> That's why I need to walk, right? Count it all joy. I was telling you the Publix because I was letting I was about to pull in and a guy was coming around the corner and I guess he had seen the space from the other side and he was coming around this way and I was coming this way and uh, I noticed that he was like kind of trying to get that space and I was about to pull in and I put my blinker on and he put his blinker on and I stopped and I went like this and he looked at me and the guy behind me started blowing that horn because I had stopped in the middle of the parking lot and I I held him up from about five seconds of his life I took five seconds of his life and he was livid about it and you were the one behind me is that what you're saying were you the one on the horn behind me and I let that guy come in listen I made that guy's day by giving him a, a dumb parking space I made that guy's day I, I parked I got out of the car he was waiting for me he got out of his car he was waiting for me uh, he was a little kooky like I am but you know he started what what year's your car 
I'm like, well, it's 2014. He goes, that's a nice car. I said, oh, thank you. He said, I take care of it. And he goes, yeah, I want to get one. I said, well, believe that, you know, one day you'll be able to get one. Just don't buy a new Cadillac because uh, you can't afford them. But you can buy them used, you know, and, and they're much, much cheaper. And uh, okay, so we, we were talking. Then he goes, oh, oh, uh, thank you. Thank you for letting me have the parking space. I said, of course. I said, we're both walking in at the same time. So what difference did it make? Right? And he was thankful for me giving a, a parking space. And believe me, listen, I'm not saying anything about my, uh, that I'm perfect. I wanted that parking space. I wanted that parking space. But for a moment, I chose joy. I can't preach this and not do this. How am I going to show up on Sunday? I won't be able to use this story. If I show up on Sunday, because I took the space. And I gave him the finger. That's what I do if, if I ever I make somebody gets mad at me. I always ask my wife. My wife doesn't like it. I always go. <laughs> yeah. I give him the finger. I give him the thumbs up. Love you, bro. <laughs> see, that's good. You see? Joy. There's something about it. It says. I should have read that scripture. Laughter is medicine to your bones. Medicine to your... <laughs> I just took my medicine. <laughs> there, I took it again. <laughs> Woo! Man. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Father. We praise you. We glorify you. We thank you for this season of joy. We choose joy today, Lord, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what we're going through. We choose to smile. We choose to laugh, Lord, and, and we choose joy today. Thank you that you gave us Jesus. He lives inside of us. Therefore, joy lives inside of me. Yeah. I release that joy that's already inside of me, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. If there's anybody here that wants to make a choice and say, you know what, I, I want to uh, give my life to this God that loves me and cares for me enough to send his son to die on the cross for me, that I too would have that joy. If that's you and you want us to pray for you to uh, have that relationship, just wait. Thanks for me. listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.